Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Cavadier Show. Today is Thursday, October 5th, 2023, and I am Mike Cavadier, your host, of course, alongside Pop DiBiase. We're in full baseball playoff mode. A lot of exciting stuff. We didn't get a chance to make our baseball predictions last week because the field wasn't set yet, so we'll eliminate those, those damn pesky wildcard teams that have already lost and uh, we'll take it from the current round, which are the divisional series, is on through the league championships and into the World Series once we dig into it in a few moments. Uh, big, big news. WNBA expanding to the Bay Area. Big news. I know that all our listeners are looking forward to the Bay Area WNBA expansion. I know you guys have all been begging for it to happen. Now you get your wish. Um a lot of NFL talk as well, so let's dig into it. Um, and and just a little tease for a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about if you could buy stock in a sports town, what stock would you buy? Mine is soaring high, but we'll get into that in a bit. Pop, baseball playoffs. I hate days when there's when there's no baseball games and today is one of those days you don't experience a lot of them but we're going to get a few in these postseason rounds in between you know different playoff rounds and stuff like that quick impressions on the teams that advanced who's a big disappointment to you because i think there were a lot of high hopes obviously for each of these teams but how about the blue jays let's start north of the border I think a lot of people thought that Toronto would be better in the regular season, first of all. And, uh, and you know, they actually have a sneaky good rotation and some good stoppers in the pitching staff. What's up with Toronto, man? Um, Toronto is just – it's just – they're not ready, man. They just weren't tough enough for it. I felt like – literally what happened with them is they were – I I kept calling uh, the Blue Jays out. I said that they were a consistent, inconsistent team. They had good moments where they were playing well, and then they had moments where they were the last place team in the AL East. It's just that they wound up having a pretty good month compared to the Yankees and the Red Sox, who really just kind of, you know, who kind of just coasted their way to the end of the season because injuries really were a plague to both of those teams. And then, you know, the Blue Jays, I feel like, they won at the right time, but then when it came down to be playing the big game, they weren't there, man. It just, it's just, it was, it was, it, I wouldn't say it was too much for them, but they just weren't there, man. It just wasn't, it just didn't happen. And it didn't happen the way that you thought it could happen. You wanted it to happen. You, you were excited for the uh, Blue Jays to make it happen, but they just didn't. And that's really what it was at the end of the day. I mean, they scored what one run in their series? Yep, 
And I would say that was, but as I said before, I was one of the people that was very high on the, um, very, very high on the Twins pitching staff. And I said that the Twins can shut it down. And that's exactly what they did. They shut it down. And, you know, I felt like there was a lot of people that just were a little overwhelmed. And it's funny because you have a team that actually has guys on the team that were in the playoffs because they were in the playoffs last year and got bounced out the same way. They were in the playoffs during the pandemic and got bounced out the same way. And it's just Toronto is just a disappointment. That's all it is. And at the end of the day, they were a team that got in through the back door anyway. There were so many teams vying for the uh, final spot. And that's why it was like, well, maybe it would have been better if we had the Mariners here because they would have at least given the uh, Twins some type of uh, a a matchup. You knew that it was probably going to go Twins, uh, go to the way of the Twins once, you know, you saw that it was going to be an early game in Minnesota with the crowd ready, pumped up. And, you know, it was just tough, man, because they have to play at their house. They, if they had, a, I would say if they had a five game series, it would have went five games, but they were unfortunate that they had to start this series against a Minnesota team. And these Minnesota fans were hungry because they know that they have the worst record of any of the teams going into the playoffs. And so, it's pretty much, you know, they were already written off as a team that was going to get beat, and they wound up winning. And that's why I said the Twins, if they can get a little hot, it's going to be dangerous. And if they can go to um, Houston and split, then it's going to be really dangerous going back to um, Minnesota because Minnesota's giving the vibe of what the same thing with Philly fans are doing right now where, the you know, the team is kind of playing through the crowd. And that's exactly what I felt like what happened yesterday. The pitching was was so good that they just needed so much to win the game, and that's exactly what happened. You know, you make a good point about their uh, record being kind of like the, quote-unquote, the uh, worst division winner because they're the lowest win total and from the worst division, bad competition. They were the best of the worst and all that kind of stuff. But I'm always a little bit – leery of buying into that narrative how many times pop have we seen over the years like let's even look at the nfl we're like the eight and eight team that barely comes in gets to the playoffs or the seven and nine team remember like the seattle seahawks with marshawn and then you have this like 11 and three team or 12 and four team like the saints that have to travel to seattle because they were a wild card team even though they had a great record, and then they go to the seven and nine team because they're the division winner in a crappy division, and then everybody's like, "Oh, these should change the playoff seedings and all that kind of stuff." And then the seven and nine team ends up laying, you know, flattening out their opponents. You know, we've seen that so many times over the years. It's almost like go the other way with it. You know what I mean? If you hear about a team that is. Uh, is, is inferior record wise and people are talking shit roll with them because that's kind of, that's exactly what's happened over the years right right yeah yeah i mean that, that, that was my only point it's just like it's interesting how how teams are able to kind of rise above that record and show that they do belong here's why we are a playoff team f you world 
Yeah. Yeah. And you got to love it. That's what the playoffs are all about. And like I told you last night on Twitter, I told you that it's a it's wild card works because we have three, four, five, and six seeds win. Straight up. You know what I mean? And it is what it is. You had your division champion win. You had your team that was the best wild card team win. You had your second best wild card team win. And then you had the team that got in last win as well. And so that's what makes this so fun is because it's a wild card situation and they played exactly like wild card teams do. But I do feel like possibly we are kind of extending the, the, and you would say that I would say that they would have probably tried to squash it. If it was a few years in a row of, if it was two years in a row of just three and four is winning, you know, they would be like, Hey, you know what? This doesn't work. But, you know what they said, you know, we have to test these division champions before they actually go in here because we were given a lot of teams the um they were giving a lot of teams the 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 easy way in in a sense when they had the playoff because that fifth seed team was always going to be the loser. You notice that it was always the loser. And so they said to themselves, you know what, if we then make it a little bit more spicy, you throw up two more teams, and then you make this third third seed really work their way into the playoffs because most times if you're the third seed, you don't have as good a record as the top two. Or you have to we have to make it a little bit harder on you because that's the the way that baseball wants to be. In baseball, this would makes it really fun in the playoff uh uh, atmosphere of baseball and all of baseball because it takes on sort of the same um, idea as the College World Series with the three games, you know what I mean? And then you say, and this that's how Cinderella has been Cinderella and earned the right to be Cinderella. It wasn't, oh, you just beat me that one game. No, you beat us two games out of three. And, you know, it was it was pretty good for all of us that we just skipped right to the divisionals this weekend because we would have had tired teams going into those games, man. Seriously, because everybody was going to play today too, and those teams would have had to be on flights and they all would have been tired. Now they all get a little bit of a break as well, two days off, and then they got game Saturday. And then you know um, the National League side, they're actually getting two days apart. Um, for the first few games uh, that they have. And you kind of feel bad for the other side because they have to play each other back-to-back Saturday and Sunday, but then they get their day off and they're back on Tuesday. So it's going to be a good little rotation of how they're working these baseball games. And hopefully we don't have any more sweeps because that's the thing that kills ratings with baseball is the sweeps. If you have series and games, actual games that go four to five games, then you have some traction with that. You have some storyline. You have some actual theater. And we need theater with baseball. It's been such a great year. We can't let everything in with sweeps and dominant one-sided performances because I feel like we have enough parity in place to where every team is going to have to be on the lookout, not just my Dodgers because they're playing the Diamondbacks. Because it's funny, we're the first team everybody wants to bring up, but the team that's really in trouble is the Braves because they have to go against a Phillies team that played way better baseball than them the last six weeks of the season. So, yeah, 
they're in, just in, is in much trouble as the Dodgers. Then you look at the Orioles. There are some young, precocious kids that really don't understand how good they are. They got a couple vets over there that have done some things, but they've never been this far and they've never been on this good of a team. Um, and then you look at the Rangers, and the Rangers were ice cold. They came up in here on a straight up mission because they had to fight, claw, and get, fight, claw, do everything it took to make the playoffs. And then literally they lost the division title that they had pretty much felt like they wrapped up two months ago. They was on top of the West until the final six weeks of the uh, year. And then they had to play musical chairs with the uh, Mariners and the Astros. They went through an absolute war to get to where they, where they had. So them beating up on the Rays, the, where they did should it now shouldn't surprise anybody. It didn't matter if the Rays didn't have fans showing up for the game. They were gonna get beat like that anyway, because they just weren't ready. They their team kind of fell apart, but they just kept winning at the end of the year. And then they went on uh autopilot the last three weeks of the year, and boom, here, this is where we're at. You knew the moment that team didn't win a hundred games and started off the season that they did the way that they did, they weren't going far in the playoffs either. So it is what it is at the end of the day. And um my most the most impressive team to me was the Diamondbacks. Because the Diamondbacks set the Dodgers as the bar. And they have went ahead and said, you know what? We know what time it is. We know who's in our division. We know who runs stuff in the National League for real. Yeah, the Braves are a great story for this year, but we know who's been the constant force. It's been the Dodgers. How do we get like the Dodgers? We got to beat up on teams like the Brewers. We got to be road warriors. We got to make, we got to win these games right here. And that's what makes them scary because they went on there and said, understood the 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 mission you're we're 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 road warriors now and you know winning at home is a bonus but winning on the road is what we have to do and that's exactly the mentality the dodgers have to take on in this series as well too they have to get themselves prepared for an idea that you could split in la and then what happens when we go to arizona do we wind up doing the the same thing we've done the last few years, or do we take care of our business and become road warriors again like we did in 2016 when we beat the Cubs to go to the World Series? So there's a lot of elements in place. This is a great playoff, Mike, and, man, I can't wait till the weekend starts and I will be glued to the TV. we got college football, MLB, and then we got NFL, MLB Sunday. It's going to be off the hook, bro. The Rangers won that series eleven to one. Yeah. That was a road team. You're talking about road teams, you know. Uh, the Phillies won their series 11, 11 to two, but the Phillies were at home. The yeah, Diamondbacks yeah. won their series 11, 11 to five on the road, also. So yeah. some of these road teams are pretty pretty impressive. Um, you know, here's the thing. To me, the most impressive one was the Rangers. And the reason for that is because the Rays, probably out of all those teams, arguably have the best pitching staff, maybe them and the Brewers, but the Brewers were going to be minus Woodruff anyways. Uh, so probably the Rays had the best pitching staff, and the Rangers, probably of all these teams, had the worst pitching staff, if you look at it, statistically mm -hmm. speaking. But they ended up pitching the best, only gave up one run, in the whole series, two-game series, but still. 
and they scored 11 runs, which is tied for the highest of the Phillies. Bruce Bochy is the man. That's that's all I'm going to say about that series. He is the man. Simeon, the man. Seager, the man. And probably the most underrated person in the whole playoffs is Garcia on the Rangers. This guy is a freaking stud, man. He doesn't get nearly the love that he should get. But Texas is cleanup hitter, Adalas Garcia. You know, all he did was put up almost 40 home runs, 100 RBIs, he steals bases. I mean, the guy is like a, a legitimate superstar, you know. Uh, and he just goes about his business, man. And most probably, unless you're in Texas, you probably don't know a lot about this guy. But I just pulled it up, 39 home runs. 107 RBI. He only had nine stolen bases. The only reason I say only, the only reason I say only nine stolen bases is because he had 25 the year before, 16 the year before that. But you know how it is. Once you start hitting for pop, showing that you're a home run guy, you know, teams don't let you steal as many bases. Your body just can't take it. But he's now three years in a row proven his legitimacy. 31 home runs, 27 home runs, 39 home runs. Underrated guy. Curious to see what he could do as a follow-up in the coming up uh, series. So that I'm looking forward to. The other the other thing I wanted to mention, too, before we move on, is something that you mentioned, which is who the Braves got to face versus who the Dodgers have to face. I think that's a legit consideration, let's just say. Braves get a hot team. They get a division rival. They get a team that's got a lot of momentum. But the Braves are pretty damn good, man. I mean, look, let's just say the Dodgers advance. Hypothetical. They're going to have to either beat the best team in baseball, the Braves, or the hottest team in baseball, the Phillies. So if the Dodgers move on to the World Series, if they get there, they will earn that every every penny of, of that effort, of that payroll, of their consistency uh, being supreme in the NL West, this will be a culmination of it. And I think it'll actually show us a, a little bit in a uh, glimpse into the future. You know, if a lot of the young arms are able to carry this team through, you know, uh, you could probably expect a lot of the same from the Dodgers over the next five years. You know, if they have to break it up, you know, I don't know. But if, if they keep everything intact and they keep winning, you know, if you're not Dodger fans, if you're Dodger haters, sorry to break it to you, but the next five years, it can look exactly the same. And even when Mookie retires down the road five years from now, Freeman five years from now or seven years from now or whatever, they'll find another Freeman and another Vets. You can guarantee that. So with that, let's take our first commercial timeout, Pop. We'll come back, talk more baseball playoffs right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back for the second segment with Hafti Piyasi talking some MLB playoffs. And uh, I'm asking Pop during the break who's going to be the number two starter for the Dodgers. So the number one is going to be Kershaw. That's who's going to start the series. He's deserving. Probably the most consistent guy in the game, most consistent left-hander in the game. He's been doing this now for 15 years. And he just – his stats from a year-to-year basis look exactly the same. And this guy hasn't shown any sign of aging one bit. Even though he's had to reinvent himself a little bit, he still winds up with very similar numbers each and every year. I'm a big Clayton Kershaw fan in the regular season. Now, the postseason, it's been a mixed bag. Probably not as bad as the media narrative makes it sound, but definitely not as good as his defenders make it sound either. He's had some clunkers. And I'm sure he'd be the first to admit that. Now he gets to face a division opponent who really was never a true threat to the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. I expect the Dodgers to take care of business. I think they win this series in five. What about you, Pop? Um, You know what? I'm going to be dead honest with you. I think that the Dodgers will probably go ahead and uh, take care of their business um, in a four-game series. I'll give them a gentleman's sweep. I don't think that the Dodgers want to take this one all the way to five games. You don't want to put that much pressure on yourself. Um, I feel like the Dodgers, as I said before, have to be road warriors. So if they get, if we get the split in L.A., 
then we got to have the mentality that they not coming. We not playing game five. We are not. They're not coming back to LA, and we're gonna get prepared to be on a flight to Atlanta. You know, or you know, we'll be waiting on the Phillies. But my thing is like this: be road warriors. It's all about winning on the road. Dodgers win at home. That's that's absolutely that's that that's a bonus for us now. Win on the road because winning at at home that's almost a given. The Dodgers are going to get their wins at home. It, it, that's going to happen because the crowd is going to play a big part to that. But the Dodgers, to me, I feel like they got to get them out of here in four. I think that they finish it up in four, four, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to get themselves a, a, a nice little split, split here in LA, and then the excitement's going to roll into Arizona possibly being being the next San Diego, and then that's when the Dodgers pop them. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, the only reason I say the Dodgers at five is because I don't think that the Diamondbacks are going to start Zach Allen in, in game one. So I'm going to go ahead and give that win to Kershaw and the Dodgers. They'll probably put Zach Allen, who is their Cy Young contender, out in game two, and I think they'll take that game, especially if it goes up against Lance Lynn. The guy's got a, like a five ERA plus. I'm not really uh, holding my breath. He's going to deliver, you know, an epic performance for the ages or anything like that. So I'll say the Diamondbacks snag game two, which means it guarantees some home uh, ticket sales for the Diamondbacks. And I think the Dodgers take one there, and I think the Diamondbacks take one there. We'll bring it back to Chavez Ravine, all the all-encompassing series clincher. Dodgers take it in Cinco games. Let's move on to the Rangers and the Orioles. I think that's a very intriguing matchup for a lot of different reasons. To me, it's offense against offense. I, you know, I never looked at either of these pitching staffs as phenomenal staffs, stop to bottom. They were good enough. They had some gritty performances. You know, Eovaldi is a, is a playoff pitcher of the, for the ages. And if you don't know, I'd recommend you look him up just for his playoff performances because he's a stud. But I can't really say the same for any of the other pitchers on the Orioles or the, or the Rangers. So I think this is going to be, if you're looking for like that shootout series, I think it's the O's and the Rangers. And I think I'm going to give the edge to the Texas Rangers because I think they have a little bit more pop in their bats. I think they have a little bit more timely, like high leverage performers that are well situated for the playoffs. And most importantly, they got Bruce Bochy, man. The guy knows how to manage a series so well. You know, probably just his managerialship alone squeezes out like 1.1 wins. Like if there was a war for managers, you know, in this series, it would be like a 1.1 win over replacement in the playoffs for Bruce Bochy. So I'm going to give that series to the Texas Rangers. What about you, man? Um, I'm going to be with you on that one, Mike, because you know I love the Orioles. I love the the Orioles story. I love the roster. I love the 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 attitude of the team. They're fresh. They're new era. They're exactly what's going to make the MLB pop again. They got everything working in that regard. But the thing is, though, they got here way too quick. They're a year ahead. We let's keep it real. Year or two ahead. 
And I said a year ago, they're two years they're two years away from being the best team in baseball or best team in the American League. And where are we at today? They're the best team in the American League, record-wise. But the best team in the American League going into the playoffs right now is going to be the Astros because they finished strong. They won their division. They went about their business, and they're the defending champions. It does not matter. They still have the, the that, that distinction that's laying on top of their head. And nobody starts – chasing a world series until they beat the Astros. And that's 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 the barometer. But this is the series that's in front of us. Orioles Rangers. What's going to happen here is this is going to be a series that's going to go back and forth. And what I feel like is we're going to alternate games here. And then we're going to have this epic game 5. And what happens is Corey Seager winds up being the big hero in this game and the Rangers win this series 3 to 2. Moving on to the team you were just talking about, the World Series champion, Houston Astros. They get to host the Twins. I'm going to make this quick, Pop. I think the Astros more than take care of business. I think they sweep him out of the building. I think they win this series in a clean, sweet fashion. And they dust off the Minnesota Twins. Nice ride. You got your first playoff wins since... Ages. Let's just put it that way. I'm not saying necessarily Harmon Killebrew ages, but like Kirby Puckett ages. So uh, I'm going to give this series to the Astros, which is going to set up a battle of Texas. The Rangers and the Astros for the first time meeting up in the postseason. That's going to be a whole hell of a lot of Texas sized fun. Moving on to the National League. Oh, I'm sorry. What about you for the Astros and the Twins? What's your prediction on that one? Well, I got two. If the pitching comes with the Twins, we got ourselves a series. If that crowd can and motivate them like they did in these opening games, then the Twins are in it, in this. But I'm with you, though, Mike. If they try to turn this into firefights and try to go run for run with the Astros, they're going to lose. They're going to get swept. But I'm going to tell you like this. You can't trust the Astros at home. Let's just keep it real. The Astros have had their issues at home, especially against teams that they feel that are inferior competitions. So the we have to watch these games very carefully. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it shakes out. But it looks like the Astros, the way that they're moving into the playoffs right now, it looks like it's a sweep. But I want to hold out hope and hope that the Twins continue their little march because I want to just feel like Nostradamus. How about that? <laughs> I like Nostradamus, man. Always fun to have that that uh, seer laying out the predictions and seeing him come true. Right. Let's go to the NL and the Braves and the Phillies. That's going to be a slugfest. That's going to be a battle. That's like your uh, Cincinnati Bengals-Pittsburgh Steeler matchup from like 10 years ago, you know? where it, it's just you're excited to watch it because of the craziness that's going to happen. I think that's what we have with the Braves and the Phillies. These teams know each other very, 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 very well. And I think each stadium is going to be rocking. But I'm going to give this the series to the Braves. They've just been consistently good all year long, man. 
all year long. They are the most consistent team in baseball. Their players have performed consistently. They've had superstar performances. They got guys from the bottom of the lineup who perform. Their pitching staff has done really, really well. And, yeah, man, I, I just have a hard time seeing the Phillies being able to beat this team. This might be the best two teams in the National League. A lot of times it happens a series too early where you get that matchup. Now, as long as the Dodgers win the next series, like we're predicting, then we're going to have a great a, uh, NLCS regardless of who wins this series. But I think it's going to be the Atlanta Braves. Who are you giving the win to, Pop? Who am I giving the win to, man? You know what? I want the Braves, man. I think Braves, Dodgers, it has to happen because we have to get this thing right. But you know what? There is going to be a very, very – very, very good chance that the Braves just take care of their business. They know that they that they know this is a revenge series for them. Because let's not forget, the Braves were a hundred win team last year as well too, and got absolutely rough shed. They got shed by the Phillies, and pretty much the Phillies moved on, got to the World Series, all that good stuff, because we have to remember, we had three teams in the National League win 100 games, and the Braves were one of them, so the Braves have that on their mind, and they know that they can't mess around, and they really know that this is the one thing that has to happen, they have to win both games in Atlanta, because if you split in Atlanta, I'm telling you right now, you're not going back to Atlanta because then once you get to Philadelphia, all that's going to be set in. But you go ahead, you get your two in Atlanta, you'll have that confidence. And you know what? If the Phillies go ahead and beat you twice in Philadelphia, that's fine because you'll beat them in Atlanta. I, I think that's what will what, what, what happen because you would need, you know, because the Phillies would need that, that extra joke and it, it, it would show. But, you know, pretty much they could go ahead and – beat them in four, but I really do feel that Atlanta should win this series, but it's going to be a tough series for them, but I got them winning it, though, but I think, though, at the end of the day, though, if there's certain things that happen, Philadelphia is very, very uh, live in this game, in this series. Braves-Dodgers, who you got? Braves-Dodgers. Um, it's, uh, you know what, after what happened with the – and I know I'm being petty, but after what your boy did when we played against the – when um, the Dodgers played against them um, a few weeks back, and, yeah, the Braves did what they did. They took three out of four, all that good stuff. But, dude, I'm going to tell you like this. I really didn't like what – he was doing when he hit the home run. I didn't like all the gestures and all the extra stuff. I know, Mike, you love it, and it's it's so cool, but we're not in the Dominican, bro, okay? We, we're playing a regular season game. This is kind of an intense game. This is one that we're going for, and you know what? That was a little uncalled for, bro. You know what I mean? I'm glad that you hit your little home run and everything like that, but don't be extra. Because then when somebody hits you upside the head or something like that, it's going to be, oh, man, da-da-da-da. But my thing is, like, dude, don't do things to try to show people up. It's cool that you, you're excited about doing stuff and you guys want to do things differently and all that good stuff. But when you play in the, against the good teams, be respectful, bro. 
because you save that for the bad teams. You save that for their crowds that have 10,000 people there. You don't do that with us. And I'm just really I, – I just felt like the Dodgers have to take that personal. And I feel like if they do have my mentality about going into this series, they should beat the uh, Braves in uh, five games. Wow. Give that to Dave Roberts. Yeah. Straight up. Cause we all- I was just going to say, I'll, I'll take the Braves. You know, kind of like I've said from the beginning, I think they're the most consistent team. And I'm going to take the Braves again, which sets us up then for the ALCS. If we're talking Texas versus Houston, the battle of the Lone Star State, uh, you know, here's the thing. The tough thing about it is now you have Bochi and Dusty Baker going head-to-head, two all-time greats. And I see that series going into full seven. It's a coin flip for me. I don't even know who to give the edge to. So I'm just going to go by default because of the experience, because the Astros are champions. I'm going to give it to the Astros again. But I'm not at all saying that I would uh, feel like it's a lock or anything like that because it's not. I think that would be a great series if we go all seven. I also think that the Braves and the Dodgers would go seven. But I'm going to take the Atlanta Braves against the Houston Astros in the World Series. I'll take the Atlanta Braves losing to the Astros. I'm going to give the Astros the World Series crown once again. Give my man Dusty Baker a ring for his other hand to boast for or World Series champion. Who gets who is the matchup? Who who wins the World Series, Bob? Um all right, so you know, I would say that, you know, I would love to see the Rangers get in there because I would just love to call up my man Eric Burns and be like, I told you so. But um, you know, they that would be epic because you got Corey Seager going against his old team, and you know you got this upstart Rangers team that nobody expected in the World Series. The Dodgers will be back, be back where they won the World Series, um, where they won the World Series. You know what I mean? Uh, a few years back, so it would be kind of it would have a good storyline to it. But the series, we all know the Astros and the Dodgers, and it would be the okay, let's just settle this once and for all and make sure that everything is done fair and square. So, uh, you know, Dodger fans who've been complaining for the last almost decade can shut up. And Astro fans can see that they weren't the better team. And, you know, all that stuff. They, that will be an ultimate, ultimate storyline. We're getting rating, ratings for that, Okay. That's a rating series. I, I don't see any rating series with the Atlanta Braves. I see some with the Phillies. I don't see them with uh, with with the Braves though, and I don't see it with the Orioles. To be uh, honest, too, I know the Orioles are an old school team that a lot of people were were are very fond of. But you know, when you spend so much time being mediocre, people forget all that stuff. You know what I mean? So they, they it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a slow burn to get them back on the level. But the most recognizable names in baseball are the Astros and the Dodgers at this point. And if you put those two in the World Series, it's gonna be theater. And that goes seven and the Dodgers get their sweet revenge. There you have it folks. 
the World Series, according to Pop DiBiase. Let's take our final time out, Pop. We'll come back. We got a lot more to talk about in a short amount of time, so we will rip through this commercial break and come right back. Stay with us, everyone. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back for the final segment on the Mike Avenue Show with Pop DiBiase. We are going to shift the gears and talk football in a quick second. But a nice segue is if a, if there was a stock that you could buy into for the best sports town in the United States, whose stock would you buy? And I'm going to start this. I'm going to say Philadelphia. The fans, after... Bryson Scott's Grand Slam yesterday. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to hear this. If not, go online, check it out. Listen to that stadium rocking without any of the telecasts or the broadcasts audio uh, from from their from their announcing. They they have it out there. If you listen to it, it like gives you chills. It's louder and more energetic than I've ever heard a stadium, maybe since Fenway Park and the World Series a few years back. This thing was electric, bro. I know that they willed the Phillies to victory just by their presence alone. It was really, really an amazing feat. And we already know how passionate they are about the Eagles as well. They have two teams 
that have made the championships in each of their sport in the last calendar year. Give me some Philadelphia stock. I'll go ahead and buy into that one right now. Easy money for me. What town would you buy into, Pop, if you could buy a stock in a sports town? Um, It's easy, bro. New York City. Where else? Really? New York City, man. Hand me Yankee Stadium. Hand me the garden. I'm good. Because I can charge s- silly prices, bro. Straight up, Philadelphia, man, you know what it is, man. It's when they're good, people show up. Man, if they're not good, you got to do uh, three to, uh, three for one specials, man. You know that, Mike. Come on. So you're not even considering how good the teams are. Like I used in my analysis, you're looking straight up at the dollars and cents. You're yeah. looking at the game receipts. You're looking at the epicness of the venues. All of that good stuff. Right. You know, that's the dollars, man. That's what it, if we're doing stocks, come on. I'm trying to make money, right? But if I was doing rising stocks, okay, Mike, my rising stocks, you know what? You'll, you'll laugh when I tell you this, but rising stock, I would say Houston because you got a good foot, you got a good baseball team, you got a good, um, you got a basketball team that's working on getting back to being a good basket. You got a basketball team that has championships. They got a little bit of uh, NBA decor to them. And then you have the Houston Texans who, who can be whoever they want to be because they have two um, dynamic rookies there that are set to be possible, uh, you know, multiple pro bowlers, all pro players and everything like that, the way that is setting up. And, you know, they are the flavor of the week this week with their two wins in a row as well, too. So, yeah, Houston would be a good town to invest some stock in if we want to just be on something on the rise. You know what I mean? But if you want to say, okay, I'm throwing, I'm, I'm trying to go bang for my buck, give me New York City all day and every day. Let's keep with the New York theme and talk about, the New York Giants who will be facing up against the Miami Dolphins. Assuming that the Dolphins win the Giants, their record will be terrible. Their performances have been terrible. They're not even thinking about being a playoff team at this point. Now it's about reevaluating their roster, their quarterback, everything involved. Is it too early to be saying that pop? Because I don't think so. I think this team is garbage. I don't care what they do to fix the situation within their current roster. They don't have receivers. They don't have a quarterback. They have a running back who's always hurt. Their defense ain't stopping anybody. Is there even an ounce of optimism for the Giants outside of a good head coach? Um, I wouldn't want to fire the Giants coach. I would want to fire the GM because you're the one that's – Gave Daniel Jones that money. The the coach didn't give him that money. They, the GM did. And I think that, you know, Brian DeBall just go, is being a good corporate man. And why would you fire him? He's going along with the flow. If it was up to him, he probably would have drafted a quarterback this year. But, you know, if it was – but it's up to the GM and the owner, and that's who they wanted. And people have to understand. The reason why they want Daniel Jones as the quarterback is because the Giants want to show a feel of a quarterback that is like a 
New York stockbroker in a sense with the face of a New York stockbroker. And he seems like he could be the mayor, the, the governor of the state or something of that nature, or some young hip person that makes the city look cool. And that's how Daniel Jones looks. He looks like a statesman. And that's what they want at quarterback. That's what they had with Eli as well, too. They're not into the um, – I feel like the Giants aren't into having the razzle-dazzle quarterbacks and all that good stuff that everybody else is dabbling themselves into. They're trying to have that old stoic quarterback that is fading away in the NFL – and then Daniel Jones is doing everything that they said Lamar was – they get mad at Lamar for doing, but Lamar does it well. He does it because he has to survive. It's a difference. And not having Saquon Barkley is just showing that this team is absolutely messy without him. He's the point person, not the quarterback. That's why they're in the position that they're in now because they don't want to respect who the true top players are on their roster. They want to – go with the guys that they feel with the potential, the nice guys, the guys that show up early for practice and all that good stuff, but they're not doing enough to to suffice that they're really good players. And I'm with you, uh, Mike. I just really feel the Giants are absolutely in shambles right now, and I don't want to fire the coach, but I would just say this. At the end of the day, just lower your expectations. And that's exactly how the Giants should approach this season off top is lower your expectations. That's what you truly need to do. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I agree with you. Um, to me, I mean, that was kind of my point was that the coach is the only positive thing about this team, right? Uh, it, it, just about everything else can be criticized. Everything else is deserving of criticism. The head coach is the only strength of this team but I don't think he could do enough to make this team win. I think they lose on the road to Miami. They'll be at one and four. And you could stick a fork in them, man. It's not like they've got a good enough team where they can come out of a hole. You know, even Cincinnati, who's got a good team, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to come out of the hole if they move on to one and four. That's that's a tough sledding situation to be in in the NFL. You know, yeah, is there a lot of season left? Sure. But there's not a lot of games in football. You know, you start falling behind really, really tough. I mean, you're going to be asking teams to rattle off five, six, seven wins in a row when you get off to a bad start like that. And usually that's not recoverable. Every once in a while, everything aligns, the stars match up. You got the right schedule at the right time. You start playing well. You got easier opponents and that kind of thing. Um, but – Obviously, the marquee matchup of the weekend pop is the Cowboys and the 49ers. That's the one that's going to get a lot of the attention. I don't think it's that marquee, Pop. I think the 49ers are definitively a whole hell of a lot better than the Cowboys. I don't think it's like even a close matchup. I think the 49ers are a hell of a lot better. I think the Niners win this game easily. What about you? Um, you know what? You have a good point with that. I still think that the Cowboys cover, though. I still think it's going to be a wild and crazy game and that they'll cover in this spot. But I do like the Cowboys going into the game. But I know the 49ers are just – they look untouchable. They look they, – they are some killers. I know. But I'm looking at the 49ers' schedule off top. Steelers, you're not that good. Um the Rams. The Rams are actually a lot better than most are saying they that they are. And come on, dude. The Cardinals, brother. The Cardinals. 
and then the Giants on a Thursday. So they're getting their first real test of the season, but the Cowboys are getting their first real test of the season as well, too. So we'll see how it goes. And when you look at their two common opponents, the Cowboys dominate the Giants 40 to zip. The the well, they got two common opponents and they're one and one and you know, the 49ers are two and oh. But I'm looking at the the victim that went to the playoffs and you know, the Cowboys did them a little bit worse than the um 49ers did, but that makes no difference in this game. I still take the Cowboys, though, in this spot to at least cover the game. But if they win, good for them. But if they cover, please, that's what they need to do. You know what's interesting about this week, Pop? The Niners and Cowboys matchup is the only one between teams with winning records. Yep. Yep, because you got two teams with winning records that are off this week in Tampa and Seattle, and then you got two teams that are 2-2 two and two that are off this week as well, too, in the Chargers and the Browns. Yeah, every other matchup is uh, between teams that are, you know, 2-2, two and, and two, you know, 1-3, and 2-2 two and two against 2-2, two and two, stuff like that, but you don't have two teams that are 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh playing each other. Uh, so you're going to have a lot of probably close matchups, probably a good week to take home underdogs with good defenses. Uh, before we close out here, Pop, who is your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week is going to be this, and I'm going to shock the system a little bit right now because I just mentioned them, but I love the Rams on the upset Sunday uh, against the Eagles. I got the uh, spread right now, plus five and a half, but I do like the plus 180 going into that game. Alright, I, I like myself two road teams who are either not, you know, they're close point spread wise. Texans right now is getting a point and a half from the Falcons. Texans on the road. I think they take care of business. I actually think that CJ Stroud is approving each and every week. I really like what they're doing. They got some good young receivers. They've got some capable running backs. I think the Texans Beat the Falcons. Now, here's the interesting thing about this matchup, Pop. One way or another, whoever wins this game will have a winning record. Now, who would have thunk that before the season started? Texans or the Falcons at week five, one of them will be three and two. One of them will have a winning record. I think that team is going to be the Texans. My other pick is the uh, Saints. Uh, that's a pick em. Going into New England, I think New England is a mess. I think Mac Jones is a mess. I think that team is uh, a very un-Bill Belichick-like. It'll be interesting to see what this season does for Billy Belichick's future. Anyways, Pop, that is all the time we've got for this week, brother. As always, thanks, my man. Always deliver. Thank you to the fans, the listeners, the guys that tune in, the folks that help out with this broadcast, everybody at Voice America. Big thank you to you, and we will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.